Coming to you direct from Bris Vegas, Australia, we are four music fans who have agreed to disagree on just about everything in popular music. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords, your humble host, and a real-life meatloaf fan. I'm joined by my three bats out of hell, Lord Brett, your own Kenny G, and your long-haired lover from Coochie Mudlow, Lord Al the Enigma, he loves the obscure but won't deny the heavy metal youth in his closet, and Lord Kev, still keeping up that fake Irish accent, if only to deride anything that ever sold more than five copies. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud for another exciting episode, episode 74. Yeah, howdy booty. And we're back in the studio. We've uh, done our two weeks of quarantine and we are finally back all together in the studio here uh, at Zip Studios. So, uh, boys, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, we're doing, um, what are we doing? Revisiting the riffs. Yes, yes. riffs. riffs. Yes, right. Yep, and of course we'll be spinning the <laughs> magical wheel of fortune later. Wow. Musical Wheel of Fortune. That's right. Oh, oh it's magical too. It's magical <laughs> musical Wheel of Fortune. It's the way, it's the way that yeah. Brett puts his hand on it. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. It's often true. <laughs> All right. But, of course, before we do that, we have to do Album of the Week. And I believe, Brett, you've got an Album of the Week this week. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, the young lady's name is uh, Sabrina Fuller. She's from Ontario, Canada. Uh, and, and her point of difference is this is 90s rock. She's a rock singer. Okay. Right? So she, this isn't boppy. Mm-hmm. This isn't... Uh, it's not like singer-songwriter type. Yeah, no, no. This is, yep. this is rock. And, yeah, and, and okay. her, her uh, Green Day or uh, some of her big influences and that sort of thing. So yep. She's, yep. she's right in that pocket. Um, and uh, if we can tie it up at some point in the future, we're going to have a, have a chat to her as well. Excellent. Uh, oh, cool. so, so she uh, released a self-titled album in 2019 uh, called Sabrina Fuller. And we're going to hear a little bit uh, tonight from uh, one of the best songs, I thought, uh, which is called Hurt. Okay, let's have it back now. Can't stop thinking about all the things you did to me Trying to find a melody that doesn't sound like misery There you go. So, Very of course, nice. I didn't pick a rock tune. Yeah, I was thinking there's a clear link to Green Day. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right. Well, no. But there, there's a lot more rocky stuff. That's the one, that's yes. one of the standout tracks I, yeah. I, I liked. But there's it's a couple definitely nice. not the Sabrina I was thinking of, just from hearing no, that. It's, sure. not, right. it's not the boys, boys, boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not safe for work version. That's right. Or the Teenage Witch. No, but I love her voice. It's, that's some nice, yeah, really nice stuff. I'd like to hear some more of that. That's great. So you'll find her track on our Spotify uh, uh, playlist for tonight. Mm-hmm. So jump on there, start following her, help her out. She's, she's uh, underway. Cool. Very good. All right. So let's kick straight into Best Riffs. So this is our second crack at this. We mm-hmm. There's so many to choose from. Um, who'd like to kick us off with a, uh, a best riff? Well, let's just revise what a riff is. Please, Al. Please give This is always the most interesting point of any podcast, isn't it? When we get into like the a definitions. Of, yeah, oh, that's right. Geez. People often say the definitions are the yeah. Are the and, and rules. Are, yeah. It's, it's not yeah. like we've ever had debates over what the rules are. Yeah. Right. Can you can you define the rules and give uh-huh. us those definitions at length. of terms? At length, okay. Thanks. Well, this is according to the riff is a short and catchy melodic idea, and it recurs so often it gives character and structure to a song. The hook is any part of a song that is meant to grab the listener's attention. So the hook is also catchy, but it doesn't recur as often so that it makes but, a greater impact when well, it occurs. I, know. I think a, already I've got a hook in as one of mine. I've got a hook, so. but I think oh, it's all, it could also be a riff because... Bastards. No, 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 because your rules, mm. right, and we've got a graph it's here... which show is, the difference. Uh, we've got a graph here which is currently showing uh, <laughs> uh, listeners, and uh, amazingly, they all dropped off then. We're down to half a person <laughs> listening now. That's right. We're we've up around 3,000. Uh-huh. Now it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But a hook isn't played as much... As a riff, I mean, yeah. what's the definition of that? Isn't it as well, much? Well, that, that, that was it. 
Yeah, exactly right. Okay. I like, yeah. Let's go um, to the book, Sal. Tell, us, tell a, us how many times a riff has to be played or, <coughs> or how few times a riff has to be played to be called a hook. Well, a, ri- a, ri- a riff has <laughs> to be played more often than a hook to be okay. a riff. <laughs> so you're saying okay. a, song, a song has to have a hook and a riff. <laughs> yeah, ideally. For it to be classed as right. a hook. Yeah. Right. The hook can't right. be the riff and the riff can't be the hook. Right. You, you could have a hook that's played all the way through, but does it then become just a riff? That's great. Now it's just clear it loses its impact. It's mm. brilliant. Sure. All right. Well, so after all of that rubbish, who wants to actually kick us off with a hook end or riff? Sure. I, I was waiting for you to count your first song, how many times your riff played, and you were going to say that was the number. Sure. Okay. No, it's uh, most of the song. There you go. Most of the song. I've got uh, one. Is and, it metal? Uh, no. It's hard rock. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, last last time I think I did all metal because it is you know the king genre of of the riff. Um, controversial. Wow, uh, that's a yeah. Huge controversial ball. only if you don't think about it. Um, <laughs> but this time I went for ones that prominently display a riff through most of the song. Right. So uh, this first one is uh, Van Halen with Jump. And the one that I'm going for, this may be controversial, it's the keyboard. Sure. Yeah. Wake me up when it's finished. Oh, shut up. Very good keyboard. Well, you'd think so, eh? And it does sound it, it does parts, I will yeah. give you that straight up. But it does continue through the verses. So that's why I think it qualifies as a riff. Yeah, I don't know. I get up and nothing gets me down. You got it tough. So it's a memorable riff. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that song's just full line. of hooks as well, though, isn't it? It's just like there's nothing in that song that isn't kind of grabbing your ears. Even the little drum fill, oh, yeah. and yeah. you know, like so. I mean, the debate about what's what and what's something else is utterly, utterly boring. But <laughs> everyone loves that song, right? It's yeah, just yeah. full yeah. of great yeah. things, and um, definitely, I would say, a, a lovely melody that just like gets you into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Eddie, R.I.P. Uh, uh, would be writing his keyboard parts like a guitar player, right? We're not. He's not going to disguise that. I think he's probably going to use a keyboard. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> but at, at what point does a riff just become the chord structure? We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I, we'll th- I think because it. you've got that, you know, oh, because, because you've got the that, rhythm. You that know, half yeah? listener just turned off. Let's <laughs> right done now. <laughs> so you've got one, Brett. You're going to do in another. Now, now uh, this level of controversy. Here's my here's my riff slash hook. Um, uh, Jerry Rafferty. Oh, yes. Baker So you're going for saxophone? Yeah, I went tried to go different. One of the great riffs. It's a hook. You're gonna get a hook. <laughs> one of the great. Yeah, and I've, but I've got a fact for you, and, and I hope this isn't like stealing your thunder. But in fact, that was written as a guitar part. The guy that was meant to play it. Uh, couldn't make it to the studio and they got this auto sax dude to play yeah. whatever yeah. that was. I wonder if it was if it was a guitar line, if it would be more accepted as a riff because a the riff, yes. terminology sort of sits in with guitar work a lot mm. easier. But yeah, it was certainly a moment of genius and then yeah, oh, yeah. Extremely changed catchy. the song. Yeah. Now yeah. now um uh Rafferty is he's a he's a callback to all sorts of our past, right? Because Lord Al, you and I did a uh, a show where we talked about funny songs or whatever, and we had the Humble Bums, which was Billy Connolly, and that's Jerry yes. Rafferty. Is oh okay, right. right? So this guy comes back again, mm. and and I know we've talked about somewhere along the way too about uh, one hit wonders. Uh, this song in two thousand three, Jerry Rafferty said he made he makes about eighty thousand pounds a year off this song. Nice. That everything else he did doesn't come anywhere near it. He can, he can buy he can buy all the houses on Baker Street. 
Well, he could buy you, basically, <laughs> once a year. Uh, he wouldn't need that much money. So I don't know. It's I, in the change. I, that sits somewhere between. Because, it, yes, it's a hawk, but, man, he plays it a lot in this song. He does. It appears. It appears. And again, with your vague number of hooks, I don't know. It sits. It's sitting in a grey area between he, a hook he, and a rip. Well, certainly at the end of the song, it's just it's done to death, isn't it? And and again, I could have said no, no. I I mean, the electric drum is the hook in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> really shows its age. Yeah. Well, I've gone for I've gone for a couple tonight, um, and and we, we had a conversation before about how hard it is to narrow this down at all. Um, I'm a huge guitar, guitar fan, huge fan of guitar music. That's kind of the main instrument and the stuff I listen to. So when you start writing a list, it just expands and expands, mm. and you've got to know what it's doing. So I've gone tonight in the end for two of a type um, that I think I, I love them because they sit so beautifully with the singer's um, part. Um, the first one's going to be um, Polly Jean Harvey, BJ Harvey, song's Big Exit. And um, it's going to be controversial, I think, because it's an intro. <laughs> it's a chord change. Um, but it's a riff. It's a guitar riff. And um, it's only a few couple of chords. And um, and we're into we're into Polly taking off and into her own thing. And just when her voice comes in, it sort of uh, melds so beautifully in, I think, with the guitar line that, um, yeah. It's a it's a favourite one of mine. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I call it a riff. That's a riff. That's no, a riff. you got a, you got the riff tick from our. Oh, really? It's, there you go. It's a bit just jangle, jangle. But, yeah, you know, I'm surprised just... actually. I think it's it's basically just a chord change, but mm. you know, it's... but there's a there's a there's a rhythm to it, right? There, there is. Mm. There's something. Is, yeah. I mean, that's that's the grey area with the guitar, isn't it? You're mm. doing something more than just strumming. Like if you were just to take those chords and go, ring. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, then we're that's talking just a chord chords, sequence. right? But yeah, there's yeah. been there's there's. I was thinking about the rhythm of it as well. It's kind of a bit offbeat. Yeah, He's playing awesome. kind of like something underneath the, the actual beats. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, I just love it how she takes off into this story. And the album was Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, title track, Big Exit. Ha ha ha. And lots of debate about, you know, what this might mean. Um, but um, yeah, again, I just, I, when you hear it live, especially, um, you just hear those first few chords. Mm -hmm. um, slash riff, and um, <laughs> really and uh, yeah, you, you know you're in for a good time. That's with a good Polly, right? That's mm. awesome. Mm. All right, I'll jump in here. Um, yeah, I think I on tonight's I tried to avoid the sort of obvious big big band, you know, guitar sort of power riffs and that sort of thing. I've gone with some, some things that we might necessarily consider. No fun healing or anything like that. No, <laughs> nothing crazy like that. Nothing gauche. Now I, um, <laughs> so my first one is um, Heart of Glass, Blondie. Just that for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's just that first, that first. It's it's almost like it's hard is it, to. Is it's it almost the guitar? Like this, well, it's the guitar. Uh -huh. but there's also that, which I assume is just a synth. That thing, thing that's coming, sort of fading out and coming back in. That sort of it's almost it's acting as the bass. It's a keyboard or, or a drum it. machine or something there that's yeah. acting as the bass. I know there's a bass as well, but it's like acting as a almost a mid bass. Yeah. Um, but it's almost doing its own riff. It's, almost, yeah. it's multiple riffs on top of each other, but they all sort of make a, 
Yeah. It's a gorgeous combination of yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for but sure. But it is because there's a there's a melody line there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That, that it's not chords, it's a melody line. Mm. And that but it's repeating and repeating, yeah. I, I think if you played it by itself, would you recognise it? Like if you took that, that one <laughs> instrument out. I think you would recognise it, man. Is it, a, is it a riff right, that's on then? comprised? Out of the car park, we're going to pull that line <laughs> no, no, out. No, 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 no. In, in, the, in the room next to Zip Studios here, we have a room full of monkeys. We're going to try it on that's them, right. okay? They're always on hand. Just <laughs> yeah. these crazy ideas. They're, they're our survey monkeys. We will <laughs> post the question to them. Oh, I like that. This is how you're and, describing uh, Bean's kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll cool, see what they hush. come back with. That's right. Tune in later in the show. All right, Al. Show us how it's done then. All right, all right. Well, look, I would. Uh, I mean, it is funny that we're all going for things that are a little more, uh, uh, not classically riff-like. Like the, the first time we did it, it was just like, here's a big riff, here's a big riff, here's a big riff. Sure. Now we're doing. We're all seem seeming to go for something a bit more subtle. Sure. So, so with this one, this is uh, the Eurythmics with Sweet Dreams. Now that's a riff. Recognisable and a great and a great. Yes. Pretty cool. That's two Scots out of the first four. Oh, <laughs> not keeping score or anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a classic. And, and plus two points for me. So, you know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've met the brief twice. Wow, this is the first time for everything, Alan. Right. <laughs> wow. Hey. Pour yourself a drink. <laughs> what do you got for a spread? Okay, well, uh, uh, I had also chosen uh, something that was right in the pocket, so I'm going to step away from that. My other one is. <laughs> Uh, good. It's a little '79 disco uh, number called "Good Times" by Chic, and it's the bass riff. Okay, but isn't that a bass line? That's <laughs> just one of the classic samples. Isn't it? Mm. So how come this has ended up in the uh, the riff collection rather than the best bass line? Could sit, could sit in the best bass riffs, I guess what you're saying. Yes. Because <laughs> like, a lot of people would say the thing about this song is the guitar line. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sheet guitar work. It's, yeah. you know, classic. And, and it's an interesting thing in, in, that, in that funk disco era where the guitar is almost a rhythmic... Yeah, percussive instrument rather oh, yeah. than mm. a source of melody or all well, yeah. chord that's, changes. That's one thing that really defines yeah. punk. Yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. Punk. Fun. Disco. It's punk or disco is that is yeah. that guitar that yeah that percussive sort of guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. this percussive high frequency, you know, jingle jangle. It's got melody to it as well, though. You'd have to see. Yes, a little. <laughs> that's so, how much I'd whoa. say. So, uh, <laughs> so like the bay, the bass is king in disco. Sure. Uh, am I getting my two points here or? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I do, I do agree. Like, if you call it a bass riff, but it would probably sit more in the other. The, what, no, no, no. I'm, I'm only saying because we've had an episode where it was just on bass lines. I think I did some chic. I think you're just stealing. Uh, you're trying yeah. to steal my, <laughs> that's right. you're you know, I, my glory. Is I, what go back to do. I think I that's go what back. I follow you on Spotify and everything you listen to, I just love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the last three have been. Um, glorious combination of things as well, like uh-huh. they're um, all those parts coming together. So I'm going to go for one which kind of flies in that, in the oh. sense that it's really about the guitar line, yeah. pure and simple. Yes. And um, this is um, television with Marky Moon, uh-huh. um, and that's not a full reference. Is Marky Moon, uh, not Smith? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the, the again, I love um, the. The fact that this riff just sits in as, as intricate and as pretty as it is, mm. the way it just sits in such a way that Tom Verlaine can come in and tell you a story about whatever the hell he's talking about. Mm. Um, yeah, to go over the top of it know? is quite quite a feat. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is really in, in your face. It doesn't seem like the type of thing you just start wailing over, no, but no. his kind of you know atonal idea, you know, it just um, sits beautifully on top. So yeah, yeah. Marky Moon.
Very lightning cool. struck itself. Yeah. I guess there's, there's two parts in there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And it's a spin out when you listen to headphones, right? Oh, yeah. Is, you're, 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 <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it in the headphones before. So it's, uh, I encourage our listener yeah. to put on a pair of good headphones and have a listen because that was really cool. It was yeah. a bit of a spin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll play one more here, and that is um, this is going to be this is definitely a, a hook. I'm sure I'll take the I'll take the slap now. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, but just a great hook, and this one really sets up the song. Uh, it's the yeah you know, they play it at the very start of the song. It does re- reoccur, but um, this this is such a it's a it's sort of a uh, it's a song about questioning your you know, your place in the world and and um, you know what you're going to be and and what the world expects of you and all that kind of thing. Uh, so this this it's a really quite dystopian sort of feel to this this hook. Um, which sets up the song beautifully. So this is a logical song by Supertramp and the opening riff from that. When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. A miracle, oh, it was beautiful, magical. And all the birds in the trees made me singing so happily. Oh, joyfully, oh. So yeah, you only get a little short burst of it. It does uh-huh. reoccur yeah. uh, later on, but it's just it's it's such an unusual for a pop record. It's such unusual sounds there mm. to, to mm. bring in as the as the intro to a song, mm. and it really does set the scene for something that's not going to be quite yeah, your yeah. regular pop song, even though it was yeah, a, yeah. a big hit, you know. Yeah. And what was he saying there? This is the first time I've actually heard him. This he's saying something in the background there, and that during that opening bit. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay, well, well I encourage. <laughs> we'll have to. You were yeah, hearing we'll voices during that. That's right. Something about killing. I think that was just Alan. Might just check your might check your headphones there, Lord Brett. You might have a cross. <laughs> you might, you you might be picking up on the racing channel there on the other side. I think there's a pizza ready downstairs. I mean, we'll come back to this one because it's it's just. It's unstoppable, like yeah, and there's yeah. lots of different way, ways to come to it, and mm. um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think there are a lot of great classic ones, and it's mm. interesting. We've all gone, okay, well, sure, you can say Led Zeppelin this, or you know, mm. but uh, there are ones that you just like for your own reasons. So yeah. yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, and it, it it's funny how that you know a good, and I think we said it last time, like a good riff really does define a song. Like once you have that thing. You know, you you only got to hear the riff and you know the song. And, of, mm. and often, like I'm thinking about that Jerry Rafferty song. I mean, it's yeah, a great yeah, song, yeah, yeah. But the riff in that really is the like that sax part yeah. is the song. That's really. right. Like, mm. That's what really makes it. And it's interesting that you're saying that it was written on guitar. Yeah. Um, when you know, had it been a guitar part, sure, it would have still mm. worked quite effectively, I'm sure. But it's it's because it's sax that yeah. grabs your attention right from mm-hmm. the get go, and it's like, wow, okay, this Ooh. is yeah, yeah, using yeah. the sax here as a lead instrument from the get go. Like, yes, mm. we've heard sax solos and we've you know whatever, but it's I think because like, it imitates imitates a voice, mm, yeah, in yeah, a way yeah, the yeah, guitar yeah, yeah. can't always, can't. Like, yeah. But but again, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where where if you were if you wanted to play a song, you would probably want to learn the riff. Mm. You know that that to me that's you know if, if someone said oh can you play this, and you started <laughs> playing the chords from yeah. you know that Baker Street someone yeah. go what's well, that that's it yeah. if you went <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's yeah. it and there's some songs that the riff is such a powerful element yeah. that if you're just to grab an acoustic guitar and try to just strum the chords and sing it yeah. people would be mm. like what the hell what's know? the point yeah, yeah. Where, where's oh, the riff doesn't yeah. stop me that's <laughs> <laughs> the way I go with my major chord right. uh, look, look I always used to uh, when I was learning bass. Um, people be like, oh, you know, do you know this song? Do you know that song? And I was like, well, yeah, but if I play it for you, yeah, it's not going to sound yeah. anything like what <laughs> what you expect, unless it's chic. Yes, that's right. away. Exactly. and then you can say, no, I don't know that song. Yes. So coming up next, coming up next, Lord Kev's going to play some chords on guitar, and we're just going to guess what's try and guess uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> what what riff goes along with those chords. There are a few that I play like that, and I'm going like just humming the thing to myself. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's when you start the old try to whistle the riff. You know, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> try yeah. to be the sax with the whistle. Yeah, that's good. 
All right. Well, we'll move on there. Um, We've got to come back, right? We've got to come back to this. Oh, yeah, again. we'll definitely, oh, yeah. we'll definitely come back. Oh, I want you guys to get a chance to get a ride. So, oh, yeah, thanks, Alan. of course, yeah, Alan. Looking and, forward and to we it. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all right. We appreciate always getting a second chance. Here, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's the yeah, it's the exciting part of the show where we have to spin the magical musical wheel of fortune. Um, and you I think we should call it a magical mystery musical wheel for it. This name is getting longer. Mm. And this thing, it's made its way back. It's been over to the States for the Grammys. It's come, it's been in quarantine. It's made its way back. And it's Brett, t- Brett had to smuggle it in an orifice. That's so. right. So we we give a shout out to Barry over there at um, Rack and Roll uh, Custom um, Road Cases, I think. That's right. You know, just yeah, for, for building this spectacular case for the wheel. Um, it's a custom, you know, it's a, it's a work of art in itself, really. But it's managed to get the wheel over, season back, uh, safer sound. And That's here right. we go. And we're, and we're going to start a GoFundMe page just to pay for it. That's point, right. So. Yeah, very expensive. <laughs> the, very expensive. Wheel, the wheel should have its own Instagram, I think. <laughs> I think it should. Sure. Yeah. We right. at least need a picture of, of it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, how would you know? Exactly. We, we could, could be just sitting here just talking about up. an imaginary right. wheel for all yeah. right. you That would be horrible. It would be deceptive. The betrayal. It's it is. It's mm. funny the people who have asked about it and, and, and don't believe that there is a wheel here in the studio. Oh, with us. Right. So. Idiots. I'm saying yeah. looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what yeah, more do you want? Yeah, we've got to look at it. it. It's, it's a sad sign of the times, isn't it? No. All right. Well, we better give it a spin now, Lord Brett, and we'll see what we end up with. Hey! Oh, oh the fall, 102. 102. Yeah. Has it been that long since we uh, had 101? <laughs> I thought that's, I graduated completely. That's awesome. Mm. No, we needed a tutorial. Thought, uh, <laughs> there was, there was people to... not handing in homework. There was people <laughs> yeah. not doing the coursework. Uh, we need to pull you all back in for a quick session. Uh, Is it yeah. like one of those things where, you know, when you're, when you're between seasons in a show and you have to go back and watch the last one because you get no, I can't remember it. Can't remember yeah. that, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blocked it out. <laughs> all right. All right, well, let's have a listen. Well, hello, welcome back to... Um, me, Lord Cave, I'm glad to be here um, giving you another uh, another course in the fall. This is Fall 102 and um, it's my personal journey through one of my favourite bands, if not my favourite band. Certainly, um, I mentioned them enough in the first 15 episodes of um, Lords of Loud that um, the boys um, would often ask me the question, who the fuck are the fall? And I was forced to answer um, in a short uh, introduction and um, that was uh, a couple of years ago now, believe it or not. Pre-COVID, different times, happier days maybe. Um, but uh, what I can say is that the love has not waned. Um, we talked about my introduction to The Fall and how there had been kind of two separate eras uh, to the band before I even got into them, before I even heard of them in the mid-80s when I got hold of um, maybe their seventh and eighth albums. Um and uh, tonight we're going to talk about, uh, well, I guess it's um, the end of Brick's era, let's call it that, and the beginning of my second era of, uh, of albums. Um, and how, how do I define those? Well, uh, we talked last time in Fall 101 about This Nation Saving Grace, fantastic album. We heard a bit there of no bulbs um, from that album, and we found our hero Mark getting around a dark old flat, not able to find a, a belt because there's no bulbs um, one of the things that came up in that first uh, uh, episode uh, was I talked about how he had this, uh, let's let's say, a very very straightforward um, uh, uh, process for for putting a song down in most cases, um, but there was always a little more underneath, and um, the delivery really was what it was about. Um, his voice as instrument, his voice as you know, a brick sang a, a rap almost. Um, just the, the timing that goes with it and the, the vocal text and jumps make it so interesting along with a, a very hard-pounding kraut rock sound. That was certainly what defined the first albums or the first albums that I loved. Um, earlier on, they had a little bit more of a rockabilly thing going on and then like a really very post-punk kind of, uh, you know, DIY uh, sound. 
Um, yeah, they, they were very influenced in the, those early uh, albums that I got hold of um, by their um, guitarist Brick Smith, uh, Mark's wife, no less. Um, and if there was anyone ever who was punching, as they say, it would be old Mark in that scenario. Um, and we'll get more onto that later on. Um, but for the time being, um, Bricks came into the, the band and tried to force them in a more um, commercial direction. She um, she took them out of the, well, the scruff of their necks, in fact, got them dressed up in some cases, much to the band's um, you know, chagrin. Uh, but uh, as to be said, uh, she was the one that drove them kicking and screaming into the charts once. And um, she did it with the album um, uh, Friends Experiment in 1988. Um, so I'm still, I'm still at high school at this point, last couple of years at high school, and I think I would have got this after the fact. That's to say the only version I've ever owned has been a tape. Um, got off of my friend's big brother or even even my friend by that point we were both converts by the time we heard this that's for sure so I'm going to play um, one of my favourite songs from the Friends Experiment album um, which featured uh, another uh, female member one of the very few uh, Marshall Schofield played keys on this uh, album and um, you can hear again the fall being the fall this isn't quite uh, an album uh, 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 a chart buster, this one, it's very much um, the fall being the fall, as I say, athlete cured, let's get into it. Continually ill. The most doctors were puzzled. The star would complain of the smell in his room. On visiting him, this was found to be true. An odor resembling hot dogs permeated the whole bedroom. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's not every band that's going to write a, a song about a German athletic star um, whose hotel room smells like hot dogs. Um, but that's with the follower getting into there. Um, what Mark's trying to take you into a story of, um, yeah, the East uh, East German um, dilemma, if you like. <laughs> I think our hero at the end of this is set on a set on a, a labour beautification course of the countryside, and was never seen again. Um, so yeah, there's a, a definite German influence there. The next track we're going to hear a bit from Friends Experiment, Friends with a Z, uh, is Das Bremen Nacht. So uh, the crowd rock uh, 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 metaphor, the crowd rock um, uh, alignment is uh, is very plain to see, um, as is the fall delivery and the bass and the repetition. Um, and I've said that before already. I'm sorry. Um, little fall joke there for you. So look, are we are we getting any closer to finding out who the fuck are the fall and you know why the fuck do I like them so much? I hope so. I mean. The thing is that they um, had these phases and I had my phases with them and I was excited, delighted that this was um, just just a long-term favourite album of mine and delighted to be into them. But there was into a lot of stuff at the time, it has to be said, and um, you know, I'm probably still a bit like that, quite eclectic, but uh, these guys just kept putting out uh, albums that you know just got their hooks into me. Um, so we'll, um, we'll have a little bit of Das Bremen Nacht and um, you'll 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 get another taste of what they're all about. Something happened in Bremen, I know. Something I don't want to. Something under the ceiling mutter. Something in a steel shutters. So, um, 
you know, we're hearing a couple of slabs of music there on this album, and there are um, pieces of colour and, and more, um, how can I say it, more friendly uh, uh, tracks on, on Friends Experiment. Um, they charted higher with the single from this album uh, than they ever did. Uh, in fact, they did chart, which they never did again, um, with a cover of the, the Kinks' Victoria. Um, so don't bother playing you that because it's a very well-known track. And the Falls version is, uh, you know, just a full version of it. Uh, but it goes some way to show um, how underneath all of that, there was still this driving intensity to be the fall. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I guess one of the interesting things that came out of the recording of Friends Experiment was uh, that although Bricks um, co-wrote a bunch of the tracks on there, um, she was not really mentioned in the songwriting credits. And this was a... Uh, a nasty trick of Mark's, you know, um, and he, 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 he um, <laughs> was very telling. In fact, it was it was something they argued about and it's something that caused them to break up. Um, and by the time of the next album, Extricate, Extricate, um, Bricks was gone. Bricks had gone to do the other music, pursue other avenues. And uh, was Mark going to let that go? Absolutely not. Um, not only was the album called uh, Extricate, the first um, track on it was called Sing Harpy. So um, pulling no punches, um, <laughs> Mark leads in with this. She took a lousy Wednesday and turned it into cold spring. She got taller by the minutes. Sell you anything, uh-huh. Sing Harpy. Descend Harpy. Yeah, Descend Harpy. Um, yeah, as I say, not pulling any punches. Um, go off and join your own band. Um, do what you want. Um, <laughs> now, uh, I loved this album, I loved getting hold of it. It was the first one I actually went out and got as as live, if you know what I mean. So it's 1990, it's my last year of high school. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm off to uni in, in the, after the summer and, you know, I just felt like this band were going to take on the world. I didn't know at the time, of course, that, you know, everyone else that was a Fall fan since day one had hated the last two albums and thought it was a dreadful departure from what they believed was the golden era uh, in the early, early 80s. Um, didn't matter to me. You know, there's enough um, <laughs> there's enough catalogue in the fall, um, as we've talked about before, for uh, for anyone to sink their teeth into and find a slab of, of albums that they, you know, spoke to them. I didn't, you know, I'm not a completist. I didn't run out and get all of them. I have as my as my um, research has shown, I've got albums 7, 8, 9, 11, 12, 15. Uh, we'll be talking about those last four or five tonight. Um, and uh, there's, these are the ones that are special to me because, you know, you got a hold of them when they were out. You heard them, you know, on John Peel and you, uh, you know, they were in clubs, <laughs> in some clubs. Um, and, you know, it was exciting. It was exciting that you could go and see them live and I did do around that time. Um but uh, I, I want to just sort of ch- change tack a little bit in terms of how, what I'm going to play because uh, you've heard three slabs, you know, three classic, you know, hard rocking, um, no, no messing uh, fall tracks there, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's important that um, I show you something a bit lighter, something a bit different, and definitely around this time. Uh, the fall had uh, started to incorporate different sounds. You know, they'd gone from two drummers whacking away to uh, Funky Sai, who um, kind of brought a different beat to it and um, lightened the mood. Uh, it still wasn't hugely commercial, but they did get into beats. And uh, I'll play a bit of Telephone Thing, which was um, another uh, other thing was uh, the single from um, Extricate, um, that album that... Um, I was so delighted to get hold of in the summer of 1990. So this is a 
I think you can hear in there, anyone who was living in the UK at the time would re- recognise those those um, bells that were just so prevalent in the dance tracks that we were hearing and um, Mark wasn't shy of cherry picking a little bit of that and dropping it in, um, collaborating with Cold Cut to do you know a dance version of this and, uh, and various other things around the same time. Um, but yeah, I hope it goes to show in a way that Friends Experiment really was an experiment. I mean, it started off with a very slow album track song um, title track song, if you like, uh, and My Friends. And um, although it included slabs like uh, what Sing Harpy, I suppose, sounded like, um, it had that extra um, violin element and then Telephone Thing had this kind of, um, well, let's just call it, it's a dance track, you know. And, uh, but also pay a little bit of um, beautiful track they wrote. And yeah, I'm saying beautiful. Uh, Bill is Dead. Insane title, of course. Um, for a beautiful love song, uh, I believe. Or certainly just, you know, I'm getting laid even though what my wife has left me. Let's have a bit of Bill is Dead by the fall. Mark, uh, in this video, Mark's wearing a pair of sunglasses. God save us. Um, anyway, just a, just a beautiful beautiful track. And um, and again, I hope it goes to show a little bit of the, the colour that they're able to bring, but still sound like the Mighty Fall. Um, so that's Extra K, and um, it's 1990. Um, the Bricks is gone. Um, they've had their one and only <laughs> charting single. And it's on with a couple of albums that are really derided, you know, really hated by other Fall fans. And um, I'm going to play a couple just almost to see if um, my belief is that these these hold um, these hold some water. These uh, songs and these albums hold a lot of water. Uh, for me, I still enjoy listening to them. So um, the first one, because it's hugely funny. And the second one, because it's um, another beautiful Fall song. So these are both from the next album, Shift Work. point out that isn't the Carol Lewis but um, some you know minor celebrity in the UK of the time um, but yeah obviously Mark's sitting watching some telly and um, just because time is running a horn I'll jump straight on with another favourite track from this album of mine and possibly my favourite fall song it's the mixer Oh, 
You know, for me, I always thought, oh, this is Mark getting close to God. This is his way of talking about, you know, uh, I'm blessed, you know. Uh, the mixer, oh, what a beautiful way of describing a deity or some sort of, you know, force out there. But no, turns out he was just writing about a mixer that worked on a couple of their albums. It was a Jamaican guy and he really liked him. Um, and therein lies the difference and therein. Um, it's, it's just that kind of prosaic, you know, everyday tale told well. Um, just with enough musical difference to, you know, keep you guessing, bring your own stories to it, uh, and and there there you have it. You know that was the end of, you know, a much derided uh, by everyone else, but much loved by me. Album by the Fall um, called Shift Work, as I say, from early days in uni. You know, and um, I was in Edinburgh, and it, it helped that there was a song on there called Edinburgh Man. At the time, uh, Mark had um, got bored of Manchester and um, and being divorced and decided to go up to Edinburgh, live there and, and have a few drinks and uh, I'm surprised I didn't meet him. That being said, um, albums did continue and uh, turned to Manchester and brought out, um, you know, the last of my second phase, if you like, is uh, Middle Class Revolt, um, came out in uh, 94. Um, and there's some great tracks on there. There's some dodgy ones for sure, I will give you that. And it's not, you know, again, a fan favourite. But... Um, why I'm going to finish off with this one is because I think it points to the future. I think it points to some of the ones. If we ever do a fall 103 um, in another couple of years, maybe, um, we might hear some things um, from some amount of obstacles that um, that really were just great, you know, and, and, and were embedded at this early phase. And God knows they went on for another, uh, let's think about it, 20-odd years after that. So... Um, I will just say in closing though that on this album um, not only did he start off with a song called 15 Ways to Lose Your Man uh, he also wrote a song called uh, $500 Bottle of Wine which was again all about bricks and um, an expensive bottle of wine that she'd bought so <laughs> sticking true to form, sticking true to the formula it worked for the fall, it works for me I hope it's working for you um, I'm going to play out with um, a slab it's surmount all obstacles. Um, I hope at some point um, uh, anyone listening to this is getting intrigued enough to go out, get themselves an album, give it a listen. The Mighty Fall, surmount all obstacles, and I will see you next time, class. <laughs> Almost everything. Almost everything. Wow, I can't wait for part three. That'd be <laughs> so we're about we're about a third of the way through. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> a third of the way through the intro. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. A third of the way through the I intro. should say that my friend Bob back, friend of the show, Bob back in the UK, he just undertook a COVID or an isolation type of experiment and listened to all their albums in like the course wow. of a week, ten oh, days. Wow. Shout out, Jesus. Yeah, Jeez. he he nearly went insane. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Well, what's interesting there is, was feedback, is he yeah. listened to all of them and then in doing so got COVID, right? So somehow the virus <laughs> yeah. spontaneously. Well, I think I've overstated that. I think just in the fact that he was stuck in the house and yes. um, mm. yeah, and, and just wanted to annoy his wife. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you for listening and we'll, we'll end the episode there. But of course, get onto our social media, leave comments, leave uh, ratings on the various places that you listen to the podcast. Get on our website, lordsofloud.com. Buy some merch. Buy some merch. Helps us keep the show running. Um, but most of all, join us again next time on the Lords of Loud. Lords of Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network. 